My name is Alina Mendoza, and I'm a photographer and traveler. I'm also a creator and host of The Soul Mad Crowd. Uh, the Soul Mad Crowd was an idea that I had a few months ago, and uh, it came about uh, after my latest round of travels, and I decided that I wanted to go ahead and not share only my story and journey, but also the journey of many of the other people that I have met and encountered while I have been traveling. So right now, I'm not currently traveling as extensively as I have in the past, but I'm still very excited to connect with a lot of the people that I have met, uh, share their stories, share their journey, and um, really provide a lot of guidance, inspiration, and just give people an opportunity to share uh, not just their travels, but also, uh, you know, what really lights them up from the inside, what they're really passionate about doing, what their purpose is on life, and how they're really uh, following um, that path. So before I get into more of the, the, the why, I decided to share more of the who on who I am and what my journey has been over the past couple of years. Um, so as many of you that are here and are listening know that I am a photographer. I started photography in 2011. And I like to say that my story is very cliche because I really think it is. Um, because when people ask me, what inspired me to start photography, I always tell them about my story of when I went to Paris and how as soon as I got back from Paris, I felt inspired to do something that I was passionate about. And the reason Paris was so instrumental is because I really felt that people over there really slowed down and really enjoyed being in the present moment. And Maybe it was because it was a slower time in Paris. It was freezing outside, and there's not as many people outside. But what I was experiencing is that I also was slowing down. I also was being in the present moment. And so I started to observe the same in the people that were around me. So the last day that my friend and I were there... We wanted to just have a really simple day. We had been running around all week and getting lost in the streets of Paris. And so that last day, you know, it had been cloudy all week and very cold. And Paris is kind of known for its silvery gray skies. And that's what we had all week and is actually what made me appreciate uh, cloudy days. But that day, we decided to go to a market, and we bought a baguette and a bottle of wine and some amazing cheese, and we just sat down at a park, and we sat on a bench, and we enjoyed our our wine and our fromage, and um, we noticed that the clouds had started to break, and there was a little bit of blue sky, and I think what made this contrast of the blue skies... Uh, was because uh, there was also these very uh, thin and bare trees without any leaves on them. 
And so you kind of had this juxtaposition of like these blue skies and then these like very thin, like eerie looking trees against the sky. And on that park bench, I remember across from us were two nuns eating ice cream. And then next to us was a father playing with his daughter. And that is just one of those moments where I thought that I wanted to come home and I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. And so a few months later, I decided to buy a camera and uh, start photography. So I'll fast forward a little bit. The, the three years after that, <laughs> up until like 2014, it took me a long time to uh, actually get to a point where I even liked my work and to even get to a point where I would tell people that I was a photographer because I didn't believe it myself. So in 2015, I started, well, I didn't travel that much, but I went on a few more trips than I normally would. So I went to Hawaii for uh, my boss's wedding and took some of my favorite photos that I've ever taken in Hawaii and set up a few photo shoots with some um, women on Oahu, which was really amazing and really fun. And then I went to Miami a little bit unexpectedly, and I did the same thing there and set up some photo shoots. And then it was my birthday in November, and so I had been planning pretty much that whole year to go on my first solo international trip. Before that, I had only... I went on a Kentucky trip for my first international trip to the Greek islands, which was amazing. And then after that, I went on my Paris and London trip with another good friend. And then I went to Brazil in 2014 with my best, best friend. And that was a pretty quick trip for Brazil. And I, we were only there for a week And I remember wanting to experience more Brazil. Brazil is a massive country, and I'll still say it to this day that I could go on another trip to Brazil and have it be a completely different experience than everything else that I've experienced in Brazil because it's such a vast, diverse country. So um, my first trip to Brazil that I went to um, with my friend, we went to Rio, and then we went to this other a little town called Buzios, which is really amazing. And there's actually a really funny story uh, attached to that first Brazil trip, which I'll probably save for another time because um, I'll probably want to do another solo podcast with just some some fun stories uh, for me to look back on when I'm older. But my second trip to Brazil was my first solo trip, and I went at the end of 2015. Wait, is that right? No, not end of 2015. Maybe it was 2014. Anyway, I think I have the timing messed up a little bit, but... um, Okay, now I'm really struggling to remember when I went to Brazil. I think it was the end of 2014. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Anyways... So my first solo trip to Brazil, um, I decided to go for two full weeks all by myself. I decided to go to 
uh, Salvador, which is in the state of Bahia. And I was there for four days. And then I spent the rest of my time in this really remote, beautiful beach town called Caraiva. And Caraiva is not an easy place to get to. You have to take a plane, and then you have to take a small computer plane, and then you have to take uh, a car down some very bumpy roads that, you know, if it's raining, you may not even be able to get through. Um, And then you have to take a canoe across a river that then takes you to a town that has no cars, no roads, and is just sandy pathways, which essentially all lead to the beach. So... That first solo trip, I remember taking a taxi from Salvador to uh, the airport and, you know, to get to Caraiva. And my taxi driver said, you're going to be in Caraiva for seven days. He was like, you're going to be bored. There's nothing to do there. Um, you know, it's a really slow pace. You know, there's no <laughs> there's no cars. There's no roads. So there's not, you know, there's not a lot of nightlife, there's not a lot of restaurants, you know, there's like one of like each thing, and that's it. So um, it's just funny that somebody else was telling me that, because that's exactly what I wanted. And I wanted that for seven days, I really wanted to disconnect and be be in that type of environment. And what I realized even more so than Paris, is that you're in this place where people grow up and they're completely disconnected from, um, you know, the city life, the hustle and bustle. And I just noticed so many more people looking at you, smiling at you, and especially observing the children that I saw. They were all playing with each other. Um, I, I remember I captured this really amazing photo on the back of a buggy, which was really crazy that I was able to capture this moment. But I was able to capture these kids that were fishing, and I was going super fast, so I must have had my shutter speed up high enough to actually capture the photo. But I just have this this photo of these kids that are fishing and they turn around and they just look and they just smile (laughs) and they have the biggest smiles and they're just fishing and they're enjoying nature and being around one another. And I thought that was like a really beautiful thing. So I actually have quite a few photos of just the children from that area because, you know, they're just all smiling and having fun and outside And that was just a really, really beautiful moment about uh, noticing that. And I guess during that time, I thought a lot about my other travels. And after taking those photos, I was like, gosh, I really love photography. I really love traveling. And after that trip, I decided, I was like, this is... I I want more of this. And I remember I would tell one of my other really good friends who's also a photographer. And, you know, that was just the dream. The dream was to just travel and take photos. That was the only thing I wanted in life. And I just wanted to just travel and take photos. And so I 
I did, you know, everything that I could to really shake up my life. Um, I'll dig into this a little bit more because I was working in real estate um, since 2005 and real estate has been a huge part of my life. So I was very comfortable, had a great job working for a great company, have a great boss, uh, living downtown. My office was downtown, so I'd walk two blocks and I was at work. So around this time, I was really, I had really transformed it. I really had grown a lot um, because I was doing my job. I enjoyed my job. It was fulfilling and working with the people that I work with are very um also inspiring to work with and supportive of my photography. So I was able to do my photography and travel and work and do all those things. But I knew that I needed more. Um, I needed to travel more. I just, I needed to go beyond a two week vacation. And I really wanted to travel slowly. So I started making plans to make my big move in 2016 to leave my job, leave my apartment, and um, start traveling. And I didn't know if I was going to be traveling. I didn't have a well, a super well thought out plan. I just knew that I wanted to shake up my life so much that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And even though I wasn't sure how long I would be traveling, I made it so it would be a little bit more difficult for me to come back to the life that I was living before. So um, everything that I did, I did it on purpose. You know, some people are like, oh, you could have kept your apartment. Oh, you probably could have kept your job too and just taken a break. But I really wanted this to be an opportunity for me to to notice and recognize my skills and what I really love to do in life and really give myself the opportunity to nurture nurture all of those things. And so I did all of this with the blessing of my boss. He was actually super supportive. I remember freaking out probably like a month or two before um, I left to go on my trip and I was like, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? I'm leaving a great job. I'm leaving a great apartment. And he just, he told me to just go, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> in that moment, you know, somebody that obviously their business relies on having me to like operate in a certain way, having that person tell me to be that selfless enough to say, this is what you need to do. I took it as a sign that this is what I need to do. <laughs> so I booked a one-way ticket in May of 2016, and my first destination was Morocco. And uh, I, that was probably the most planned out part of my trip. Um, I had three weeks there, and I just, it's my first time traveling solo for such an extended period of time that I didn't want there to be any mishaps. So I pretty much booked everything that I wanted to and, um, you know, also with, you know, leaving 
you know, making sure that I was seeing everything that I wanted to see. So within those three weeks, I, uh, I spent most of my time in Morocco and traveling all over Morocco. I went to a seaside town. I went to Marrakesh. I went to the desert. And um, I guess even before that, though, there was just like a lot of this buildup of like, getting to Morocco, you know, because <laughs> it's, it was just, it's crazy, you know, uh, making that big of a decision to, to, to follow your dreams really. And I felt <laughs> whenever you go on a trip, it's like this buildup of like, okay, I have to do all these things to, to get ready. And even more so in my case, you know, I'm moving out of my apartment I'm packing things, I'm putting them into storage. Um, And then also trying to look into as many options of where do I want to go next? Uh, You know, where are the places I want to go? What do I want to see? And so a lot of preparation work in order to actually get to Morocco. And it was a whirlwind, you know, I was traveling for probably 72 hours before I stepped off of the plane. And, um... I'll talk more about this um, because this moment is really a full circle moment um, and is an idea that just came to me. And the platform for this will give way to, to more about this later. But really that moment of just going down a very narrow uh, Marrakesh Medina um, alleyway and then really just walking into this beautiful Riyadh and I just just letting go of all of that, you know, letting go of, you know, any doubt that I had, any worry that I had because I had finally made it, you know, I had made it not, not just to my destination, but like really to like what, you know, I had made it to like the pinnacle of like what my hopes and dreams have been for for a few years. And so 2016, I went to Morocco. Morocco was amazing. <laughs> um, I'm realizing that I have all my own solo podcast episodes that I could have within this, but this is meant to just be an introduction. So before I go any deeper into these locations and my stories that are associated with each place, um, I'm just going to fast forward again a little bit. Um, So after Morocco, I ended up going to Portugal. And I did a workaway program in the Azores Islands, which if you don't know about the Azores Islands, uh, you should Google it immediately. Um, It's right in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And I stayed with a family there. And I did photography for them in exchange for a place to live. And so that was actually, uh, I actually did three workaway programs while I was traveling in 2016. And after the Azores Islands, I went to Lisbon for another workaway program with a company called Surf Office, which Surf Office is also another big inspiration for why this podcast has been created because it was an introduction to the digital nomad community. So Surf Office is a co 
co co living co working retreat for companies that want to uh, have a retreat in a really cool place. So they have them in different places in the Canary Islands, um, in Lisbon, in Spain, um, in California, and so. I was doing a workaway program there, helping check people in, uh, cleaning bedrooms, um, a lot of cleaning. There was actually a lot of cleaning. It was mostly cleaning <laughs> and climbing up three flights of stairs every day, <laughs> um, you know, multiple times. But what happened in that time is that I met all of these people that were digital nomads. And at the time, I didn't even know what digital nomads were. And so... I really immersed myself in that community kind of because of force. And then in that time, I made friends and I started forming my own little community um, of people that I would spend time with in Lisbon because there was people that were living there, people that were working there, and some people would go and they'd travel to someplace else, but then sometimes they'd come back too. So I really started to form bonds and connections with these people that came to stay at Surf Office. And so I I decided to stay about three weeks longer just because I was having such a great time in Lisbon and I had made really good friends and I didn't want to leave that. So I decided to stay longer and what was supposed to turn into what was supposed to be one month and then me going to my next destination turned into me staying into Lisbon. Um, staying in Lisbon for two months. And um, after that, um, I decided to go to a few more places. But at this time, I was also starting to run a little bit low on funds, which I can go into this a little bit more. When I was leaving, you know, we can go back and talk about, and this this is another big part of, like, you know, feeling like a failure is because I didn't plan as well as I should have. I just knew that this was something that I like absolutely needed to happen in my life. And so sure, I probably could have planned a little bit more. But at the same time, in my mind, it's like, there is no good time for me to (laughs) uproot my life to do this. So I didn't care. You know, I didn't care if I traveled for a month. I didn't care. You know, I, I just needed to to travel a little, to experience travel on a more extensive level than I had in the past. So anything beyond a month was great for me. So around this time, um, I was starting to think, okay, I have to, I have to come home soon. So um, this was around the end of the summer in 2016. I went to a few more places, but then it was time to come home. And so I was, at this time, I was feeling a little bit depressed. I was feeling a little bit down because I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. I had just experienced this really amazing time traveling. And and then, I, you know, I was already struggling with money. So it was like, what do I do now? So... Um, before I came home, my, the cheapest place, cheapest place for me to fly out of was Paris to come back home because I hadn't bought a ticket yet. So that was flexible. And so 
I always love flying Norwegian Airlines because you can always pretty much find a good one-way flight from um, from LAX to Paris and Paris and vice versa. So once you're in Europe, then that's great. <laughs> um, but it was kind of funny being in Paris again because it really was another full circle moment. And I was only there for four days, and I was there right before I was going home. And the first time I was in Paris, I wasn't even a photographer. And so I had posted on um, this page, Model Mayhem, which I don't know if a lot of people use it anymore, but I noticed that if I want to book shoots um, internationally, it's still a good platform to use because I've been able to successfully book shoots with people um, twice in Brazil. And so beyond Instagram, Model Mayhem has always been great for me to, to, to find people to photograph. So it was my last few days in Paris before I was heading home. And I posted a casting call just saying, I'm a photographer. I'm in Paris. I want to shoot anybody. (laughs) Essentially, I just want to shoot in Paris. It's like number one dream of mine. The city inspired me to do photography And now I'm back in the city that inspired me doing the thing that (laughs) I'm most passionate about. So I did a photo shoot with a wonderful um, woman there. And then I also got a request to do an engagement shoot um, from somebody on Model Mayhem as well. So that was another dream of mine to do an engagement shoot in the most beautiful romantic city in the world. And so... I met Sarah and Joffrey um, there, and I did their engagement photos and just walked around as the sun was setting over there, and that's kind of how I ended my trip before before I, I came back home. So, this was August 2016, the end of August, and... those months were probably some of the roughest months of my life. Um, I was depressed. I didn't know what to do. I was doing photo shoots, but now my photo shoots that I was, were doing was just trying to make money, just trying to make it. And, um, I felt extremely lost. And at the beginning of 2017, I had no idea what my year was going to look like. I had no job, little money, was doing a few photo shoots here and there, but nothing that was very consistent. And I I remember at the beginning of that year, I knew that I needed something to change. I couldn't, you know, I was being very complacent. I wasn't feeling um, inspired to, to, to do anything. I wasn't sure what to do, what to focus on, what type of photography to focus on. My work has always been very diverse, so which I've always loved. I love shooting a lot of things, but it's also been very difficult for me to just do one thing. So I struggled with that a lot. And I remember at the beginning of the year, I wanted to change that. Whatever it was, I just wanted to, you know, be in a better mindset. And so I I remember setting my intentions for the year. And it seems kind of crazy, especially since I was in such a bad spot financially. But 
I decided that I was going to write down my travel goals for the year because, (laughs) you know, (laughs) even though that wasn't (laughs) something that I thought was possible, I decided to write it down anyways. And I decided to write down all of the places I wanted to go in 2017 and how long I'd stay there for and, you know, what I'd do there. And some of the places that I didn't make in 2016 made it on my list in 2017. Two of the places I wanted to go in 2016 were Italy and Croatia, and I didn't make it. And so I remember adding those two places to the list. And a little bit, a few few months after I had gotten home, I had gotten an email from the couple that I photographed in Paris, and they asked me if I wanted to take their wedding photos that next year um, in Greece. Well, I worked with them for a few months before we actually were confirmed that I would actually be going to shoot their wedding, and then I actually ended up changing that they decided to have their wedding in Italy. So... That was in my game plan for 2017. You know, I had made my goals and my list of where I wanted to go. And then I knew that I would be going to Italy to be with this beautiful couple and 25 of their family and friends. Um, And so that really set the tone for the year because I knew that whatever I was doing, I knew that I would be back to traveling. I would be back to doing photography and really those are the two things that fulfill me the most. And so I had that to look forward to. That year, I ended up traveling to um, a few more different countries. Um, I, I had no idea that I would, but some people that I met in Morocco on my first trip there Um, well, my only trip there, because I've only been there once, but, um, they, uh, own a magazine called Majestic Disorder, and so, um, after I set my intentions and my goals, I decided to pitch them a story, and they didn't have room in their calendar for the story that I had, but a few weeks after I pitched the story, um, my good friend now, Kelly, and the editor-in-chief asked me if I wanted to go to Ecuador, uh, for uh, a trip and for issue 10, um, to shoot for issue 10. And so that was a 10-day trip. Um, I ended up going to Ecuador. Um, I had the wedding in Italy. And then because I knew that I had that wedding in Italy, I knew that I wanted to make the most out of my time there. So I wasn't just going to go there and shoot the wedding. So I did a few other things to try and plan out my time to make sure that I could create more content while I was out there. And so I decided to reach out to that company, uh, the Yacht Week, to see if they needed any photographers for their summer season. And, uh, you know, if you don't know what the Yacht Week is, just look it up on Instagram and then you'll, you'll see what it's all about. But essentially, uh, the Yacht Week happens all summer in different places all over Europe. And so I was able to secure a spot being a photographer for week 33 in Croatia. 
which, as I just mentioned, was also another one of the places that I wanted to go in 2016, but didn't end up going. So here it was 2017. I went to Ecuador to shoot for a magazine that I had met in Morocco. I ended up shooting a wedding in Italy for a couple that I met on my first round of travels in Paris. And now I was going to Croatia to go shoot for the Yacht Week, which is a pretty big, uh, a pretty, it's a really big brand. So um, I had that set up. And um, my time there, I had about a week in between Italy and then I had a week in between uh, Croatia. So I decided to go to Croatia, you know, before this, you know, I, I, I didn't have anything else really planned. So I, you know, I, I went to Dubrovnik and I spent a few days there, but it was also August. It was really hot and there was a lot of tourists. And one thing I'm not crazy about is places that are filled with tourists Um, even though, you know, a lot of people would view me as a tourist, but, uh, I try to immerse myself in much as like a local lifestyle as possible. So (laughs) I noticed that Bosnia was the bordering country and I started looking at Airbnbs in Bosnia and I noticed that places to stay there were half the price. And I was thinking, okay, this may be a good place for me to lay low for a little bit before I go to the Yacht Week. You know, reserve my energy and save some money before I head over to shoot the Yacht Week. So I went to the city of Mostar in Bosnia and... (laughs) I'll say it again, but I'll have to have another podcast episode on just Bosnia um, because there was a lot of, uh, it's a pretty heavy place to go. And I actually didn't tell my family that I was going. Um, It wasn't a part of the plan. I didn't even really notice that Bosnia was next to Croatia. So it was a very spur of the moment, very impromptu decision. I don't typically do that. You know, I still try to, I try to keep my family in the loop, but it's also a decision that I knew that my mom and my dad would not be crazy about. So I just went, you know, I took a bus to Bosnia <laughs> and I was there in a few hours. And I remember um, my mom had messaged me on Facebook and she, I think I told her I, ha- I was in Croatia, but wasn't really sure where I was going to be heading next. I had thought about going to Montenegro or just staying in Croatia. And um, she said, where are you now? And I was like, uh, I need to call you because that's not something that you want to just like message your mom <laughs> over Facebook. So I called her. I told her I was in Bosnia. I explained why I was in Bosnia. And, you know, then she told my sister and then my sister told me my dad wasn't happy that I was in Bosnia. Um, which my dad is a very, like, free person. Like, he doesn't worry too much at all. He's just like, do what you want to do. Like, you know, whatever makes you happy makes me happy type of thing. So I didn't think my dad would have a care in the world about me being in Bosnia. But apparently he had an opinion about that place. 
which is understandable as there's a lot of negative connotation. Um, you know, unfortunately to Bosnia, they did go through a very immense war in the 90s. And so especially being from the, you know, it's all we saw on, you know, television or on the news was about this terrible war that's happening in Bosnia. Um, which is also another reason why I wanted to go there. I wanted to experience something a little bit different. And it was a very heavy place to go. And, you know, when I first got there, you know, I, it was the first time I had gone to a place where some of the buildings still have bullet holes in them and the sun was setting. And, you know, it was just a very bizarre feeling going into a place like that. But it also ended up being some of the most rewarding times of my travels just because of the people that I met there, the stories that I heard, hearing how people our age went through something like that and how they are just trying to hope that something like that in their, you know, never ever happens again. Um, you know, you just have to put one foot in front of the other. That's your history. That's your past. But you have to just keep moving forward with the hope that that never happens again. Um, so that's something that I'll touch a little bit more on because I actually, that, that is essentially what somebody my age that went through the war at that time told me. It's like that, that's a, that's a part of what they went through, but they just have to keep moving forward. So I went to Bosnia. Um, I ended up staying there a little bit longer than anticipated. Um, I ended up going to Sarajevo as well, and I spent four nights there. Um, met really, really, really beautiful girls there and actually stayed with them. They invited me to stay with their family, which I typically never take offers like that, even though it is offered quite a bit when you're traveling and people know that you're traveling by yourself. So I'll tell you all more about that story later. Um, so I feel like I'm getting lost in the weeds, just so you guys know. <laughs> Um, because my journey is kind of a long one. So and I have a lot of stories attached to it. So I don't think I meant to go on for this long. Um, in this first introduction to why this was created, but this is all a part of, it's a big part of why it's being created and why I'm excited to share all of this with with every one of you. And for it to grow into something else and inspire other people to go travel or you know, just connect through other people's stories, you know, if other people are taking uh, 30 minutes or an hour out of their day to listen to my podcast to just connect to a story or connect to a feeling, then I think my work is done here. <laughs> so Bosnia, I went to Bosnia. And then after that, I went to the Yacht Week, which is like the complete opposite of like what Bosnia was. But I also met really amazing people there. Um, the interns of the Out Week are amazing. They actually housed me for an additional week after. So I really got to know, like, you know, just some of these younger, like, people that are just, it's such a blessing to be able to just, like, go after doing what you love and, you know, working with a company that, you know, uh, is all about quality of life and having fun and working with people that you love and living with them for a summer out of the year. It's really amazing. So 
these were some of the most hardworking, most amazing people that I've met. <laughs> and um, that was a really amazing experience. And then after the yacht week and staying there for an additional week, I decided to go back to Portugal and I was able to stay in a small town outside of Porto called uh, Barcelos. And I stayed at a place called the Nomad Farm there. And this will be another podcast episode. Um, I'll have to call up my friend Antonio because he is the one that um, his family owns the property that is the Nomad Farm. And him and his girlfriend are travelers and essentially digital nomads. So um, I'd love to have them on the podcast as well. But I stayed there for two weeks, edited a lot of photos from my summers traveling, blogged a little bit, met other digital nomads. And then um, I decided to go back to Lisbon for uh, about a week (laughs) before heading home. And then I would fly out of Lisbon to come home. Um, I... Decided to reach out to one of my friends I had met from my summer before that. And he let me um, stay with him and his roommates. And so while I was staying with them, (coughs) I was starting to really immerse myself in the digital nomad community. Because from my last summer there, I was just introduced to it. And now I knew that it was there and I knew that it was growing and more people were coming to Lisbon to live there, to work there. And what's great about digital nomads, it's a lot of freelancers, entrepreneurs, and people that are just going after uh, their, going after their goals and their dreams in life. And during that time... Um, I was able to actually book a few photo shoots with these digital nomads um, because everybody needed a LinkedIn photo. Like, essentially, I was just doing photos for, like, people's LinkedIn photos. But the thing is, nobody wanted a corporate headshot. Everybody wanted a really informal, fun photo of themselves. So my sessions with these digital nomads... (laughs) ended up just being us meeting for an hour and walking around different parts of Lisbon and taking photos and in that time really connecting with the other person and getting to know the other person and what they're doing in their life and where they've traveled to and hearing their stories all while I'm just doing a photo session which that part of my life is some of the most rewarding and fulfilling work that I've ever done before in my life. Like, if I can think back on my happiest time in life, it's in those moments. So, here I am back in San Diego. I ended up staying in Portugal for actually two more months. Um, It was really funny because every single time I would go to a digital nomad meetup, I would say, oh, I'm probably just here for another week or so. And then 
you know, somebody would book a photo shoot or, and then I just wouldn't leave because essentially me booking a photo shoot would allow me to stay for another week or another two weeks. And so that ended up, that kept happening, which I'm super grateful for. And I'm super grateful because my friends that I was staying with let me stay there for that amount of time. So I really was able to like form even greater bonds and connections with all of these people and to really get immense clarity on what it is I want to do in my life. And so I've always, since in my photography, I've always struggled with being too diverse. I've also had a hard time doing other things. I enjoy writing, but I'm not a writer. I'm a photographer. Um, right now I'm doing a podcast. I'm not a storyteller. I'm a photographer. So I'm having a hard time because I'm, <laughs> I'm having a hard time because it, it's been difficult for me to diversify, um, what I do because I feel like it should just be one thing, but I enjoy doing so many things. And a huge part of that is storytelling. And so All of this is the reason why I am creating the Soul Mad Crowd. And the Soul Mad Crowd (laughs) is a play on words. Um, You know, it has to do with nomads and people that are freelancers, entrepreneurs, travelers um, that are passionate about things that they're doing and really following what their, you know, their sole purpose in life is. And, you know, I don't think we have to have it all figured out. Like some people don't know what their purpose is, but if there's something that's driving you to do something, um, if you're being called to do something else besides whatever else it may, maybe that you're doing, I just want to tell those stories of those people and how they're doing it, what they're going through, And it's not really just, you know, these people aren't nomads in the sense of like where their feet take them, but really what, where their heart takes them. Like, what is your heart telling you that you're supposed to be doing? Why are you doing it? Um, And what, what, what's your, what's your journey look like? There's so much to be learned and so much inspiration to be gained from people just telling their story. And I know firsthand from all of the people that I've met on my journey that that is what is most important about traveling for me. Traveling isn't even, you know, I mean, it's great going to all of these new different places, but it's really the the new people that you meet. And so... Being back home in San Diego, I still want to travel by connecting with other people that I've met, connecting with new people, and creating a platform for people to share their stories. And um, it's also, (laughs) um, the Soul Mad Crowd is also uh, just a play on words from, I've always loved that Jack Kerouac quote that says, The only people for me are the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time. And so that's why I'm creating the Soul Mad Crowd. 
is to to connect with other people so I can gain inspiration and then in turn give that back to the community to the Soul Mad Crowd community and have you guys gain inspiration from the people that are sharing their stories. So I hope that everybody has enjoyed this time with me. Um, I have a lot of people that I want to bring on that are people that I've met from my travels. Um, There's a ton of full circle moments. Um, Like I mentioned, the connection with Majestic Disorder, that's a full circle moment. And that is like something that keeps giving in my life. Um, the digital nomad community is so vast and being able to find that community pretty much anywhere that you go. Obviously, there's some places that are more digital nomad friendly. Lisbon is one of them. Bali is another one of them. Um, you'll start to notice, uh, you know, as I talk to these digital nomads where a lot of them are going And the reason is because it's, if you're moving all over the place and you're traveling all over the world, it can be really hard to connect with people. So having that community to support you um, in a place that's new is really important. It really becomes like your, your family while you're abroad. So... I'll be talking a lot about full circle moments. I'll be talking a lot about the digital nomad community. And as I'm telling, as I'm making this podcast happen, I also wanted it to be an opportunity for me to share my stories too. The reason I decided to create it is because I just wanted to record my my travel stories because as time goes on, details start to slip away. So I think it's really important to have um, this documentation of your stories just so you can listen to it in years to come. What did the place feel like? What did you see? What did it smell like? What did the air feel like? What were you feeling? Um, I really want to share all of those moments. So I really want the stories to be really real, really authentic, and really in the moment. Because I know people's voices are so powerful and people can paint such a beautiful picture So just being able to hear those stories and to be transported to another place um, while you're sitting in your chair or while you're sitting in traffic, I think is really uh, a really great thing. So I'm really excited to get this going and thank you for listening. Um, As I said, my name is Alina Mendoza. I'm a photographer. I am a traveler. I am a creator and now host of the Soul Mad Crowd, so welcome, and if you would like to follow along on my adventures, you can follow me on Instagram at Alina Mendoza, A-L-I-N-A-M-E-N-D-O-Z-A. Thank you all. Bye.